Hey, badasses. I'm Kelly Young. And I'm Stevie Stays Kirsch. And we're your hosts for the Badassery Life podcast, a podcast where we feature the stories of women that make us say, she's badass. Through this podcast, we want to lift others up and empower all women to own their badassery life. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We'd love it if you joined us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Badassery Life. And if there's a badass woman you want us to know, email us at badasserylife at gmail.com. Okay, let's get started. This is exciting. As you know, with each episode, we hope to awaken the badass in you by bringing you stories of powerful, beautiful, bold women like this one. Okay, Stevie, you and I both know that life takes us in different directions at different times and you lose touch with someone, but then you reconnect with them and discover there's a reason for that. Did you follow that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a reason why I reconnected with this badass last week, and I believe it's to tell her story about being a fierce advocate for safe streets in Indy's school zone, where kids walk and ride bikes that aren't billed or managed for pedestrians. I was actually struck by her advocacy work and immediately thought of her for the show. But you and I also know her through her work, including places like Visit Indy, 10 years at Indie Hub. She can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, and now she's at IU Health Foundation. We also know that she does a lot of volunteer work, including things like Rev, Downtown Indie Marketing Board, these either current or past, and so many more that I just, you know, this is only a 30-minute podcast. Oh, I so I'm getting yeah. into, I couldn't I get into all of other things. Are we going to actually talk to her at some point? No, because okay. I got a few other things. Okay. So I asked if you, <laughs> yeah, at some point, uh, we don't start the clock until we start talking to her. Dive in. Jenny, is that okay? Yeah, on it. Uh, but I did ask a few friends about this badass, and I just love what they had to say. So this person said, she has unbridled passion for Indianapolis and for the urban experience. She's a strong advocate for the community in which she is living and serving. She's an understated badass, meaning that she won't get a rotator cuff injury for patting herself on her back. And another person said, she's someone who has created a wonderful life for herself and family by leading with co-passion and heart, which I just love. Yeah. So welcome to the show, Carissa Hulse, someone who I think is actually a quiet badass woman, but we're about to change that and get loud about all the things that she's doing. Yay. She is a badass. It's amazing because in reading our outline, I've known Carissa for years. And I knew you were a badass, but not this level badass. This is like next level badass. I'm excited to get into it. Um, excited to see you. So we always ask our guests. So Kelly put together a Spotify <laughs> list that's badass guest songs. What is your favorite like pump me up badass song? Okay. So I've thought about this a little bit. Okay. Uh, first, thank you. That's so exciting. I'm so thrilled to be here. Um, okay, so I take a lot of my musical notes from my son. He's 11. He has a really good taste in music. Current on our playlist at home is a lot of Jason Raz, and oh. specifically, um, Have It All. And if you listen to the lyrics of this song, it just speaks to generosity and goodwill and spirit and cheering for others to succeed. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love it. it. That's oh, awesome. I love that. That'll yeah. fit in well with some of our explicit. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about a balance, right? I mean, you know, so the, the playlist is on Spotify. It's Badassery Life. So uh, you can listen in on that anytime that you want. So um, anyway, so yeah, Carissa, let's get started. We're excited to talk to you today. Uh, excited, as I said, to talk about some of your advocacy work. But we're going to take it back a little bit. Talk about little Carissa. 
Like, tell us what was it like growing up? And, you know, did you grow up in the city since you're such a big city lover and urban liver? Uh, did you ride your bike to work? All of this will make sense as we go through the podcast of why I'm asking those questions. Yes, it will. Um, I grew up in a small town in Northeast Indiana. Um, I lived actually across the street, literally across the street from my middle school and my high school and refused to walk to school. Oh, that was just normal. So your and parents had to drive you and a, as a parent from that had to deal with the, the car line? like I would have a friend pick me up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> By the time we got it, I was like, mom, I rode the bus. Like, walk so your ass. I rode the school bus to elementary school. Um, by the time middle school, I probably did walk across the street to okay. school and I just groaned about it. Um, by high school, yes, I actually, when I had a driver's license, I drove. Interesting. Across okay. the street. Right. Um, you know, there's a giant parking no lot. No judgment here, by oh, the way. Oh, I know. Yeah, this is great. Um, but I moved to Indianapolis to go to school. I'm a graduate from UND, um, have lived downtown and adjacent to downtown um, all of my adult life um, since then. But I did spend the better part of six, seven years living in our downtown core. Um, raised my son until he was about the age of five, living downtown, where we learned to navigate the city by foot and by bike together. And doing that with a toddler, you learn a lot about how our streets are developed and how we all access and use them. Uh, so that definitely informed the work that I have done um, since then. Yeah. And we're going to get into that a little bit with Stevie. I know we're going to also talk about some of your experiences and not to sit in your sadness a little bit, but I think also some of the losses that you've experienced has yeah. um, shaped who you are. Yeah. Right? So I read, and I didn't know this course, that you lost your mom when you were nine to cancer and it had spread very quickly because it wasn't diagnosed until late in the game. Right. She was probably actually sick for quite some time okay. and we didn't oh, know. Okay. Yeah. We didn't know what it was. Right. And then flash forward to earlier this year when you lost your dad to that insidious hateful disease, Alzheimer's. It's so cruel. It's the cruelest. I agree. He was diagnosed um, in his very early 60s Okay. Um, with early onset Alzheimer's. Again, following, um, looking back, so many precursors to that disease, including hearing loss and clinical depression. Um, I will... From the seat I sit in now, I think a lot of it stems from post-traumatic loss of my mom's sudden death and his own um, inability to manage that and his own mental health leading into um, his health later in life. So, But he was 69 when he died early this year. Oh, so young. What? Okay, so having them both pass, what have you learned about how to deal with we we mentioned overcome um in our outline but you don't ever overcome something like this how do you how do you kind of manifest and deal with that so yeah we're largely told that time heals uh, i don't believe that i think rather time can dull hurt um but so no i don't believe i've ever overcome the loss of my mom i think i i wasn't didn't have that modeled for me when i was a kid of adults in my life being able to talk about her after her death. And that influenced me throughout my childhood, throughout my teenage years, and into my, it wasn't really until I was a young adult uh, and really able to talk about her more. Uh, and now I love to talk about her. Mm -hmm. um, she was a preschool director. Mm -hmm. uh, she was an entrepreneur. I don't know that we would have called her that in that period of the late 70s and early 80s. Um, but she was a very passionate person for um for knowledge and for learning and for sharing joy. Um, I think I, I channel that in my life now 
in trying to keep their memory alive by talking about them. Um, I've always talked about my mom with my kids, even though they've don't, they will never meet her. When my dad passed away earlier this year, it was uncomfortable, but I made the decision and said yes to writing and delivering the eulogy at his funeral. It was a beautifully healing experience um, to be able to do that and to be able to look at my own kids sitting up there listening to me share my own memories about him because they didn't know the man that I remember. You know, they know him in a state of his life that he was not healthy. And it was good for me to remember back to when he was healthier too. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I'm, I'm betting that they're looking down right now watching you and so proud of you and the badass that you are, but the mom that you are, the, the fierce fighter that you are and everything um, that you're doing. So um, I'm sorry for your loss. For sure. We both are. We talked about that too. Like, you know, being, uh, losing both parents and not having both parents, but, um, the role that you play is so important with your kids. And, uh, I know I've seen that because I, you know, Facebook follower and all the things. So I see the love that you have and, and that you've got that from your family is beautiful. Yeah. And I married into a most beautiful family as well. Uh, and I have a really close relationship with my mother and father-in-law as well. That's great. That's a gift. That is a gift. That is a great gift. Again, not to dwell on your past pain, but I know it's important to talk about this too, because this is something that you've just started most more recently feeling comfortable um, talking about. And that's uh, challenges of infertility and pregnancy loss. Not something that women typically talk about, but you feel it's important that we should talk about it and we're okay to talk about it. And as women... There are a number of things that we don't talk about, but talk a little bit about that and why you feel it's important now to you, maybe even to, to back to your healing, but also just why that is important. There is a lot about uh, a woman's medical life that we don't talk about. And childbirth is one of those things. It is a major medical event in a woman's life. I did not know that going into it. I had a textbook pregnancy with my first son and a very challenging birth. Mm-hmm. I was very sick. I was hospitalized for 10 days after he was born with postpartum eclampsia, um, which shows itself in high blood pressure that I'd been monitored for in the final weeks of my pregnancy. Uh, It's terrifying what the outcome could have been had I not had a doctor who was looking for that um, and called out for me what I didn't know was not a normal way to feel after the unplanned C-section that I had had. Fast forward, my daughter was born six years later, and in the meantime of that, there was about a three-year period where um, my husband and I either struggled to become pregnant or lost a pregnancy um, early, and that happened two different times um, in that three-year period. So we had reached a point of saying, you know what, maybe we are a family of three. Um, But in my heart, I didn't believe that that was the case, Um, but I did have to make a decision to just move forward with life and not dwell, Um, and then here she is. Um, She is almost six years old. So this is looking back um, at a time that I'm so grateful for the family I have. I have two beautiful children. um, But I also believe that it's important for us as women to talk about these experiences so that it it just becomes more part of our norm and our language, Um, not to dwell in it, but to make sure that we're, we're building that community 
and and moving forward together. Well, and it's that support, right? We all right. need each other, but you also don't know how. I think I think women don't know how to ask for help. Oh, it's, but it can be so isolating. Yes, yeah. and and I also think that there's a point too where like when would that have come up? Like, hey, it Carissa, do you, did you have some infertility problems? Or you know, you know what I mean? Like, there's just no, not but a the number thing, of times but. during that period of my life that people would ask me. If I was going to have another kid. Oh, I bet. Yeah, right. right. Because we are so quick to ask women, what are your plans to have a family, to give birth to a child, to give my son a little sibling, whatever the case may be. Uh, And I think it's so often done with, with genuine intent, but we don't think about how it's received or what the impact is of it. Um, So I'm more cautious myself of making those assumptions and questions, Mm -hmm. Um, but also talking about my story. Because um, I find that it it opens it up for other women to share their stories too, and and I would have to say because with my daughter, um, she's my first Bailey. We struggled to get pregnant, and at the time, twenty years ago, it wasn't something that I thought, oh, I'm having you know these major infertility problems. But I did have to go through the whole Colomed, and it became very you know, oh, we must have sex on this day, and it's going to look like this, and uh, we may be in the middle very of clinical. an argument, and it's very uh, but, oh my gosh, so we have to go have sex, yeah. <laughs> Um, but at that time, yeah, like I, I didn't have anybody to talk to. Right. We just kind of did it and went through our things. But, um, yeah, I think it, one, one lesson learned from this is ladies, let's talk. Let, let's talk about whatever. We just jokingly, but not jokingly, Stevie and I have talked about menopause for the love of God. Ladies, yeah. let's talk about it because <laughs> it's there. It's a thing. How do you not talk about it? If you're going through it, how do you not talk about it? That is what it, you're kind of living that one out loud, yeah, right? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'm like, I need to think I take my jacket off right now. Am I having a hot flash or is it just warm? <laughs> I think it's warm in here. Okay, it is warm in here. Okay. So anyway, I appreciate, I, I know when we talked, uh, you know, we have that questionnaire and we talk a little bit about prepping for the show. This is like personal. We want to get mm-hmm. to know you a little bit more. Um, not to, like I said, dwell in your sadness, but I think we can all learn from each other. And so I appreciate you um, being vulnerable with us on the show and talking about things and being willing to talk about it even from this point on um, as well, too. Absolutely, because so. you're vulnerable ability makes you a badass also, right? And facing that. We all have that story. You know, I think so often uh, if I I don't talk about my own badass story, um, because I can look at you, I can look at you, Kelly and Stevie, I can look at any woman on the street and be like, "Mm, she's got a story. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, most recently, Carissa, you started to advocate for safe streets in indie school zones. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you, by the way. Um, and that stems from an experience that you had about two years ago with your son. Tell us about that. It does. About two years ago, uh, my son was just the beginning of fourth grade. Um, school was newly back in session after the, the pandemic. And typical for him, he was getting on his bike to go to school. We live about a half a mile from his school. Um, and he's ridden his bike independently from a very young age. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. He grew up riding his bike and is we are confident in his ability to navigate the streets. Um, but he was meeting up with a couple of friends, brothers, um, at a midway point between our homes to finish the ride to school. A short time later, I got a call from my friend, who is the mother of these two boys. Um, and she wanted to let me know what had happened before my son came home and told me about it from school. Uh, and my son arrived at the, the meeting point to find that his friend's younger brother was off of his bicycle in the middle of the street, um, having been 
briefly touched, not this wasn't a major impact, but having been hit by a car. By the his, car, okay. By a car, by a driver, let me mm-hmm. be clear. Um, sorry, that's a minor detail, but I feel pretty strongly about that one. Yeah. Cars don't drive themselves all the time yet. Right. So it is typically a driver behind, in a vehicle um, who had been who had come to a stop and was slowly approaching through the intersection, and she said she just didn't see the boy until he was in front of her car. Okay. Um, he was thankfully not injured. Um, his bike was a little beat up. He was able to go on with his day. Um, but the potential for that to have turned out so differently lit a fire in me. Um, yeah. I was terrified. I was furious. Uh, and that wasn't unfounded. In the year prior to that, there were two children in Indianapolis. I believe they were both seven years old at the time that they were hit and killed on uh, in vehicle incidents on their way to or from school. And that paired with what we have just come to see um, as a norm around our school of erratic behavior by drivers, um, impatience of stopping mm-hmm. for a turning vehicle, stopping for a school bus, um, stopping for kids in the middle of an intersection walking across the street to school. It's terrifying. We have had drivers roll down their windows and hang out of their vehicles yelling at our kids mm-hmm. walking across the street. Uh, I just don't believe that's okay. Um, and I believe we can be better. So Carissa, since that time, um, what steps have been taken? What have you been working on? How has it progressed? Pretty quickly. I, okay. I got in touch with some people that I knew cared about streets, bicycling infrastructure, um, kids navigating their safe ways to school. Um, including um, a friend, Damon Richards, who is was then the executive director of Bike Indianapolis and have had a length of relationship with him uh, in that role. Uh, interestingly enough, he's now in a statewide role for Safe Routes to School coordination at um, Health by Design. And I'm so I'm getting to work with him uh, since. But back then, uh, I reached out to him. He was one of the first people I called. And I reached out to my city county counselor. Um, this is something anybody can do and should do. Their mm-hmm. contact information is all publicly available. Uh, and I let I let him know of what had occurred and what our concerns were. Um, he was also working on some complete streets work in Indianapolis as well. So we've continued that co- collaboration um, as well. And I've reached out to a lot of friends that I've developed from my career in the nonprofit and civic sector that I knew could be helpful um, connecting me to others. That led me um, to where we are now. Uh, we have an organized part or committee, if you will, as part of our PTSA, which is our Parent Teacher Student Association. Mm-hmm. And we're working to develop the first in a while Safe Routes to School Plan. Uh, this will be the first that has been accomplished or developed in Marion County in, I believe, close to a decade. Uh, and my hope is, you know, certainly it's going to help the students navigating to our school. But my hope is that. This is also the work that we're doing is laying the groundwork for a process that's going to help other schools across the city develop plans as well. The plan itself is not the solution. Right. And so our work also continues. This is like the first step. It's the rules of engagement, if you will. Uh, So we have active conversations going a part of this um, with our city county counselor to make sure that he's aware of what we're working on. And also with um, DPW and the city to make sure that they're informed with what we're working to do because they're the experts at building streets, right? Mm-hmm. They know how to 
what are the processes, what are the steps to actually make changes to our infrastructure, we can help equip them with the knowledge of what's happening yeah. at our, at, around our school and in our neighborhoods of where there is need. Fun fact, Stevie, yeah. um, we have mutual friend who uh, goes to school or they're parents of the same school. So I'm going to give a shout out to Marty Posh, oh, who Marty we all Posh. know and love. Yes. Uh, but Marty is part of my Safe Routes team. That's <laughs> I love exactly it. right. Because I reached out to him and he's like, well, uh, she asked me to be on a committee and like you and Stevie, if she asks, I say yes. <laughs> so, uh, but he uh, was very complimentary of the work that you're doing and inspired by the work that you're doing. And right right by the side of, of you and everything that you're doing. And I think it's so important. So my, you know, my question for you is I'm thinking to myself, like if there's some listeners that are listening in and they're like, man, I'd like to make a change in this, or I'm very passionate about that. Like, do you have advice for somebody? Cause I'm thinking like, I wouldn't have even known who to call, what to do. I would just probably would have gone to social media and be like, I'm pissed that my kid almost got, you know, like whatever. But, um, there's actually, lots of ways to do it. Right? <laughs> yes. So take, take us through, I know you took us through the steps and where you are today, but like tips for somebody who, whether it's, you know, safety of the streets or animal advocacy or, uh, you know, homelessness, whatever your passion is, what are some of those, you know, bits of uh, advice that you have for people who are like, man, I want to do, I want to do more. I'm not doing this work alone. And I think that is the first step. Reach out to others. Talk about it. Talk about what you're seeing, what you're experiencing. Um, Find out, reach out to the people. You know, to me, i I did go to Facebook. I just went to our school Facebook page where we have a private conversation among parents. And I said, hey, we're looking to get this work moving forward. We've all shared. We have concerns. There are things happening on the streets surrounding our school that we're not comfortable with. Let's get together and work on it. Yeah. So that's step one. Talk about it. Use your voice. Um, Maybe step 1.2, reach out to your city councilor. If you are in Indianapolis, Marion County, All of that information is available on the city's website. Reach out and share your concern. These individuals are elected to represent us. They do want to hear from us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I think the moral of the story is work your network. Work your network. I wish I could remember the source of this, um, but I read or listened to somewhat recently that all you need is an idea and a network or an idea and relationships. Yeah. Right. I love it. So what do you want, Carissa, what do you want people to know most about your advocacy work? That our streets are public spaces. Mm -hmm. And my ultimate hope is that we can flip the conventional narrative on its head, that the goal of our streets is to connect people, not to move more vehicles more quickly. Amen. Right. So I, I guess my question for you too, and, and then we'll move off because I know we're um, get, getting close on the time, but what does success look like for you in this space? Like at the end, and, and, and it, it may be a long battle. It's a long battle. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's not this is the long that, game, Kelly. Yes. Um, so that's so I'm probably a hard question. Yeah, I'm a big fan of celebrating wins along the way. I love it. Uh, our big goal, I, like I said, I want to I change the way we think about streets. I'm not going to do that alone, but I believe by speaking up and taking action that I can be part of changing that narrative. I think kids are capable. I think we have to trust kids more, uh, but I also think we have to hold our position as adults with power and influence with a great level of responsibility to help foster spaces that are safe for them. Uh, So 
I try to do both and uh, with that. But so success is more kids getting on their bikes, more kids walking to school. It is cars having less priority on our streets, uh, more space being prioritized for pedestrians, um, and this being broadly adopted as standard practice across cities. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love it. it. You know what? Here's what I like is that when we talked and when we met, we saw each other last week and or last week at an, uh, an event and I said, Hey, you should come on the podcast. I followed up with you. And you're like, ah, I'm not sure if I really am ready to talk about it. You also, I think said something like, ah, I'm not really sure I'm a badass, which you are. So hopefully you're accepting that role and, uh, you are very much a badass, but you also said, you know what? Yeah, let's talk about it. And let's I'm talk so about glad. It. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about it. And if there's anything that we can do, Stevie, um, you know, we certainly will and support I think you as well. General, you know, the general person listening to this, you may or may not have a kid in school who walks to school, who rides a bike to school, or even has that as an opportunity. It doesn't work for every family. And this is not a, a broad assumption that everybody can send their kids walking or riding a bike to school. But consider that every street you navigate in the city is somebody's route to school. Yeah. That's yeah, right. that's good. They might be on foot. They might be on a bike. You might be a passenger in a car trying to navigate their way to school. Could They could be a passenger on a school bus. Mm-hmm. If we pay attention to the news, it's not just kids on foot that are getting injured on their ways to and from school. That's right. That's right. And it seems like it's there's an uptick there is. in those incidents. We can't. We don't need to get too far into the data today, but there is uh, data that we've been looking at with our safe routes planning. Uh, it it's only as it, it's a few years back, but it looks 2019 up to I think the most recent year we have data for is 2021. The increase in miles traveled on vehicles through the roof, accidents with the primary influence of speed as opposed to alcohol, being these two factors that are tracked. Speed is overwhelmingly flying off the charts Mm -hmm. as the cause for uh, traffic accidents. Mm -hmm. So slow down. Yeah. Keep your eyes open. Look twice. We we learned that as kids, right? Look left, right. Look left again. So Carissa, as we close out the podcast, we always like to ask our guests about their special gift. So many women have gifts that are of empowerment, courage, nurturing. What do you think your special gift is and how do you like to share it with the world? So I I really enjoy and I thrive being able to consider the future, looking uh, looking forward um, and, and imagining a different, a different possibility. And I believe it's possible. I'm, I'm very much rooted in reality and the challenges that exist and the barriers um, that exist. And I don't I don't take them as uh, definite. Uh, I think they can be changed. Uh, and I believe that it's up to each one of us to think about uh, and to consider how we are greeting the world each day, right? Mm-hmm. What are we giving out? What are we bringing back in? Um, I hope that I can do it with a spirit of generosity uh, and kindness that inspires other to, others to think about a future too. Well, I, I'd say that you've accomplished that. Yeah. I'm inspired from this conversation. I am too. I'm also very um, empowered to get involved somehow, but I will also honestly say for those that are listening and know me well, yes, I will slow down. I will try to slow down. 
I'm a bad driver. I'm admitting that. But I, when I listen to um, to listen to to you and to hear that, I think shit. I'm yeah. sorry. You know, yeah. not that I'm saying like I'm a dangerous well, driver none of or anything. Us is but perfect. I mean, I mean, right. I will choose to walk and ride my bike as many as much as I can. But I still get in a car. I'm still a driver. Yes, and I make mistakes. Yes. I hope I make fewer because of the work that I'm doing. Right. Um, I hold my son to some pretty high standards of his route to school. He knows a specific way he is not to go. Yeah. I caught him doing it one day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He heard from his mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's accept, it, it's recognizing that and that we have a chance each day to do better. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Well said. Very well said. Well, Krista, thank you so much for being here. You definitely are a badass. I appreciate the work that you're doing. Uh, Thank you for uh, being here. Thank you for, you know, fighting for safe streets and and fighting for our kids and the safety of our kids. Thanks for all that you do, including reminding us all the importance and the need to care. Appreciate that. And slow down. I Yes. I know. Yeah. Again echoing Kelly. Thank you so much, Carissa. And a big thank you to all the badasses out there listening. We'd love to hear what you think. So write us a review and shoot us a message at badassfreelife at gmail.com. If you want more stories like this incredible one, you can find them on Kelly's blog at badassfreelife.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and on Instagram at badassfreelife. And a special shout out to Kevin McLeod for our podcast music. And as always, Jenny Duran, our badass producer. So if anybody is out there listening and wants to get involved or has questions for Carissa, uh, reach out to us that the email address that Stevie just shared, the, the badassery life at gmail.com. And we'll put you in contact with Carissa and, and get you connected so that you can join her fight uh, in this as well, too. So uh, with that, until next time, keep being your badass self. Thanks for listening. I don't think that I I ever have. <laughs> she get everybody get it out. I'm just gonna take the opportunity to do that too. Everybody, there we go. It's my first official. Yes, I was holding it in. All right, then everybody takes it. So, Carissa, as we close out the podcast, we always like to ask our guests about their. What is it that we fucking like to ask them? Their <laughs> gift? Their gift. Their goddamn gift. <laughs> We've only been doing this for a couple of years. I know, it's I fine. Forgot. We ask them about I whatever didn't. they want. Let's just, you know, let's call Stevie out on that one. Okay, Stevie. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Hi.